was on the 9th of June In 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus from Flores And she was heavy laden Away we went and I call it Went straight to see the racing blade Oh, you lads You should have seen us get it Passing the bus along the road All of them were staring All the lads and lasses there They all started faces Getting along the scuffs would To see the blade racing We threw the pass on to my factory And up by Robin Adair But gunning over the railroad bridge The bus we flew up there The lasses lost the crawl and says The veil that hide the faces The two black eyes and a broken nose And going to the races Oh, he lands You should have seen us cannon Passing the boats along the road All of them were stand All the lads and lasses there They all have smiling faces Getting along the scouts would roll To see the blade races Now when we got the wheel back on Away we went again But when that Yo, what is good, ladies and germs? We are back at it with another episode of CHN Radio. Yes, it's been a while. Yes, if you're hearing this, you probably heard the other episode that I've uploaded explaining why it's been a while, but doesn't matter. We're back. And of course, I say we because I'm joined by the wonderful father, GM, legend, Josh. <laughs> Josh, how are you? <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> I'm doing go. well. Yeah, no, we we had some ideas of recording some episodes down the stretch here in the first couple of weeks of the World Cup, and sickness has taken over my household. So um, yeah, I'm and happy to have... took over mine. So yeah, it was just like a, <laughs> it was. It was honestly, you know, it was one of those where we had a plan, and then the podcasting god said, "No, you guys should take a break from podcasting," and so we did. Thanks, podcasting <laughs> gods. <laughs> yeah, that how how they gave us the break was uh was less than ideal for both of us. But you know, I would say the, the message. Yeah, the message could have been less severe, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Next time they should just send an email or something like that. You know, no, not yeah. not life change. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So excited to have you back in the fold, Josh. Um, and again, uh, for for those who aren't following us on the socials, uh. We are on the Twitters at CHN underscore radio. Oh, wait, I see it. Now I'm off my game at CHN underscore podcast. And then at coming home in UFC, I'm on the Twitters. Um, you know, we should probably make an Instagram. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that Twitter's, Twitter's dying, but um, I don't know. 4,000 characters is, uh, that sounds like. That, that could kill the app. So uh, we'll, we'll work <laughs> on getting an Instagram up and running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up. I'm up on. Uh, I'm up on Instagram right now. Personally, um, yeah. It's I'm easy to find. This Josh Duder. Just look me up. Oh, I should follow you. If you're on the Instagram, yeah. Well, we I should. Mean, I am. I'm. I'm 25. Make, so yeah. We should so. make it coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm for. I'm 46. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You. You being on Instagram is the is the shock. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'm not on Snapchat and. Uh, oh. And, or, yeah. So. Are you on and, the TikToks? My I have an account because my wife is always like, "Hey, this one's funny." I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll watch it." But oh, I don't. Go. I don't yeah. post anything. No. Okay. Well, that makes two of us. So I'm on the TikToks. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so we do want to start this pod off on a more serious note. Um, since we last recorded, uh, one of the great uh, writers in American sports writing uh, passed away while covering 
the World Cup in Qatar. Grant Wall uh, passed away, unfortunately. And um, I said this from the coming of Newcastle account, but I think for our UK listeners who aren't aware, Grant uh, was one of the more influential, probably one of the most influential uh, writers in making in, in providing a voice for for soccer fans, really covering the game well, really being an advocate for the women's game, and uh, just was a brilliant writer, uh, wrote a long time for Sports Illustrated, um, and then was a, a long-time analyst for Fox as well, and on his own, uh, and really believed in, in a lot of really cool things, and really believed in some really cool causes, and stood up for himself. Uh, of course, you can read up on how he left Sports Illustrated and Fox to do his own things, but just looking into that, it was really good stuff. But yeah, again, um, I said this from our coming home Newcastle account. I don't really think there would be a coming home Newcastle without Grant Wall. Um, I think every single person who I know at SB Nation on the soccer side, all the people that made SB Nation have a soccer voice, all the people I know who I grew up reading, grew up listening to, they all were impacted or influenced by Grant Wall in some sort of way. And so I, I really don't think that this podcast would even uh, exist in its current state without some of the work that he did. So um, again, uh, sending all of the, the sending all of our love to Grant and his family, well, Grant's family, um, his, his brother, his wife, uh, everyone involved. Josh, I don't know. Do you have uh, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, um, I would, I would echo a lot of your sentiment, but I will add a little bit of my own. Um, Grant Wall the way he was described this past five days or so of listening to other podcasts and other outlets for for sport talk about him in in a way I think our UK listeners um, are very well aware of Grant Wall's personality, if not his impact on American soccer coverage, because he was so well respected by the voices that they follow and listen to in 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 England and Scotland and around uh, Europe. Um, and every everybody that I've listened to, from the Guardian to the Football Ramble, which are two of my favorite podcasts, I listen to regularly. Um, Nikki Bandini. I mean, any anybody who has worked with um, has worked with Grant Wall even f- once, they will say he is the kindest man. He is the he has the biggest heart. He is he's got a he's a he was a great fantastic soul, and he would never say no. Um, he was the kind of guy that Mike, my, my podcast partner on protagonist soccer, Dan Vaughn, had reached out to and said, "Hey." we're just this rinky dink little soccer podcast that covers American non-league soccer. We don't cover major league soccer. We don't cover college, nothing big, just the little stuff that, you know, we, we like it because we like it. And Grant Wall came on our podcast. Grant Wall had conversations with us personally and provided guidance and suggestions on, and how to provide professional coverage for unprofessional soccer, if that makes sense. So he was the kind of guy that it didn't matter if you knew him for 20 years or 20 minutes, he would take whatever time he had to, um, to answer your questions and provide personal and professional guidance. He was, he was a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, wow, voice crack. But yeah, I, I don't think it could have been better said uh, by anyone else. Uh, Josh, as always, a man with, you know, a way with words. 
So let's talk a little bit about Newcastle. Uh, so, because uh, this is a Newcastle podcast, Newcastle turned 130 on December 9th. Um, there was a whole really cool open letter written by Darren Eels to supporters of the club, and everyone was wishing the club happy birthday, which when you say it out loud is a little bit weird. But, um, yeah, that happened. So that that's, that's cool. Josh, uh, do you think you'll make it to 130? Uh, I don't think so, but I will say of note, math is pretty interesting. The club was only 84 years old when I was born. Well, there you go. <laughs> the The club was an octogenarian when you were born. That's yeah. Why. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's fascinating. And I, and I, um, you know, for 130 years, uh, you know, um, that's a, that's a, a good run for 30 of those years. I would say right around since I was 15, 16 years old, I've been a fan. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and there's, old ge- there's old geezers on the terrace in St. James's Park that have been there for 130 years. So yeah, <laughs> well done to them. It is weird because I think like, I mean, American teams, I mean, I, I, there's not really like that much of a comparison on the American side. Like baseball is probably the closest, but even then, nowhere near 130. I think like the best you could probably do is like maybe – like collegiate athletics, like an Ivy League, like a Harvard mm, or something. Mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. probably the closest to – it's just wild for like a sporting organization to exist for that amount of time. But it happens, and Newcastle's certainly not the oldest. Um, so that's that's cool. All right, uh, let's get into the Newcastle women. So um, right before the break, uh, it was announced Newcastle women would be playing at St. James's Park uh, against Barnsley in the FA Cup. They won uh, two yeah. one, and so uh, I don't know. Do you have any anything you saw? I know that game was actually available to watch. Uh, I believe I want to say I think so. I think they ended up streaming it. I cannot remember. Oh, uh, you know, I I did not catch it. I might have to go back and watch the stream. I didn't know it was available. I saw that they had a two one cup win away to Hull City, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had the two one win in the cup in the second round versus Barnsley. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, if one of those was streamed, I better go catch it. I did. I was. Yeah, I think the Barnsley that. one was streamed because it was at St. James's. Like yeah. that was the one that got moved to St. It was initially going to be a league match that day, and then the FA Cup was moved to that right. day as that right. happens. And so, you know, you know what's interesting? Um, uh, Becky Langley, in a recent interview with Matthew Raisbeck, um, had said. Uh, to expect the women to play at least one more time at St. James's Park before the end of their season, which is great. I think they only have, I, I didn't count them out, man. I think they only have like 12, 12 matches left, maybe 14 at the most. Um, yeah. And you know, it'll be great to see, it'll be great to see another match at St. James's Park. And, and hopefully they get promoted if that's the case. I mean, they, I mean, they filled that place up. What, they get like 30,000 at the last one? So, yeah, you know. So- you know, if they could pull that, it, it, it sort of justifies the the overhead of running the stadium, um, which is fantastic. You'd love to see it. Yeah, um, and I want to – I I wrote this down, so I'm like 90% sure. So everyone go fact check me, but I'm 90% sure they play Wolves next. Yes, they do. Okay. Um, they, yeah, they, do. they got eliminated by Wolves just this past Sunday. Yes. Yes, so, Yeah, 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 yeah. So they lost 5-1. Um, to one to the Wolverhampton Wolves women. Um, and then they play in the, and so the Wolves women actually play a step above us in the national league North. So, which is like tier three. Yeah. Um, and clearly like the, clearly there's as much as we love our, our team, there's still 
in order to get to that next level, we still have to win our league and focus on our league and growing our players at the step that we're at. And you could see it the way that the Wolves play, that we have a little bit of work to get there. And that's fine. That's fine. You know, uh, to me, to have a, a women's team even, this is fun. Yeah. To, to me, like, this is my favorite thing. This is what I do in, in FIFA. Like, when I play on manager mode, man, I start in, like, step, you know, step four or whatever and build up my clubs. I love yes. club building. I love seeing the pieces come together. I love the manager telling the boss, this is who I want to sign. Like I'm looking forward to seeing which players develop on this women's team and, and maybe seeing which women, um, Becky, Becky can convince, um, ownership to pip, you know, Hey, you know, we just got promoted to, you know, to step three. Let's, let's go grab a step two player or two. Like let's bulk this up. Let's get promoted up the ladder. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's imminent, but this, yeah, this match said this, this showed me we're just a, a step behind. Um, yeah, as I said, they could focus on the league now and they host Mersey rail this Sunday and then they have two weeks off. So I really feel like they got to get back on track, get a win this weekend, get that win, get that three points. They are, they've dropped a third in the last month or so, uh, tied with Barnsley on 19 points. Uh, but they have a few less goals, right? So they, if they could go get a two, three nil win over Mersey rail this weekend, um, who's mid mid to lower table, I think. Um, it will look really good going into a two-week break. It'll be fantastic for our women. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's that's good stuff. Uh, and I to echo the the building part, I'm 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 wait I'm can't wait for when it's not just Becky Langley making the decisions about player personnel. Like we've got a staff uh, to support her on the scouting end on on the uh like maybe even someone who's a director of women's football something of that regard like really build this out to be a dominant force in the future and it so, has to be i'm yeah. so excited for that yeah so that'll be that'll be cool to see whenever it happens um cool uh moving on excuse me since we last potted uh there's a rail strike going on in the uk uh mm-hmm. and that has caused the bournemouth match uh, the cup match to be moved from next Wednesday, December 21st to uh, next Tuesday, December 20th. So uh, that will be, I think that match actually was selected for television. So it should be on uh, ESPN plus and all the stuff if you're American and then uh, I guess local BBC, all that kind of stuff if you're in mm-hmm. Newcastle. Uh, so that's that there. We'll, we'll do a, a, a very small, uh, mini preview just talking because it's not really that much of a preview it's just more of like uh like a hey this is who we think might win uh maybe talk about some of the players who are um who are uh who are likely not going to you know be involved that kind of stuff so um anyway uh so there's that and then uh just a couple bits about partnerships because I am a nerd and like this kind of stuff, uh, the Saudi Arabia trip gained a new partner. This is it's getting a, it's getting a little weird. I'm not gonna lie, Josh. It's getting a little weird. Hmm. Saudi Arabia trip got a, a new partner um, called STC, which is okay. some sort of. Uh, I think that's like one of the uh, like the like the, the fo- cell phone service, like a telecommunications company. Okay. Um, 
and they got added, you know, as a main sponsor for the the trip to Saudi Arabia, which we'll talk about right after this. And it was a lot of like digital advertising, digital signing. So, mm-hmm. you know, positive here to take away is Newcastle are selling sponsorships for preseason trips, which means that they are generating money, which is always good. The downside is, is that so far outside of Monster Energy, pretty much, and we'll talk about the next partner, pretty much every single uh, <laughs> partnership they, they've had is somewhat associated with the PIF in some regard. So, um, yeah, it looks, it's, it, it, it doesn't, it's not looking too, uh, it gives it a questionable look, but on the, on the other hand, I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's on the up and up, like if these companies can sponsor these trips and, you know, maybe if they're reading the rule book that we don't necessarily have a 130 page rule book in front of us yeah. or however many pages, if they're following the rules for the acquisition of, of finances, for very specific events, tours, travel, and and those money, maybe the fact that it's limited, it's not a season-long investment, maybe because it's a tour uh, cash proposition for a one-off, maybe that's a way that that's why it's happening this way. And even if that's not money in the pocket, if STC isn't putting money in the pocket of the club, if it's covering the cost of travel, by default, that's keeping the team from having to spend money from one bucket when they could use it from a different bucket, you know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. so in the one way, yeah, it's, it, there is an outward perception that is questionable, but if they're following the rules and fingers yeah. crossed that they are, it, you know, it's good to go. I'm good with it. Yeah. And, and the ones for the trips, I'm not really, I, I honestly, like I don't care about because it, to, to me, it makes sense to, to uh, sign a partnership or sign some sort of commercial deal with a company that's based in Saudi Arabia because if you're going there. to Saudi Arabia right. and like, this is a digital signage deal. And so it's like, yeah, you, you've, you've sold, made this whole big uh, deal about a friendly with Al-Halal. Like it's going to have a lot. It had a lot of fans. There was a whole experience, you know, it, the premier league football, it, it made sense. So like that, that one, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm like, whatever that happens. And same with the Saudi, the Saudi or Saudi airlines, uh, whatever that, that they're now the official, uh, they're the, the title sponsor for Newcastle warm weather training camps in Saudi Arabia. Sure, whatever. Like, it makes sense. The Saudi airline company. There were some, uh, this is a, another weird one, Josh. Just, I'm, I'm preparing you for the weird ones. Uh, there's Thank a lot you. of fans who were who were wanting a direct, a direct line as a part of the sponsorship from Newcastle to Saudi Arabia. Uh, with so to Riyadh, I guess, uh, with Saudi Airlines, I, I'm just if you're one of those fans that was really hoping that that was going to be a part of this partnership, I regret to inform you there's just like no chance that that's ever going to be <laughs> like it's just it's like the least viable like uh, airplane route in the world um, is Newcastle to uh, Saudi Arabia for 747s. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, um, and then one more partnership, and this is the one for me that's a big eye razor is um newcastle uh signed a new partnership with vav which is um a leading online and offline gaming company who will work with the club to grow a global digital and esports presence uh so when this was announced there was a couple of newcastle fans who i was you know who were interacting on twitter with uh with the coming newcastle account who were having trouble finding like 
what Vav is, who this is, huh. because like it's a random, it's a company no one ever heard of. It's an esports. So I put on a little researcher hat and I did some digging. So subsidiary of Savvy Games Group, which is a which is a PIF owned esports company with an umbrella bunch of companies underneath it. It seems like it is the PIF's way to. I don't know, like make esports a thing in Saudi Arabia. Huh. It feels like like a lot of some of the a lot of the PIF projects. It feels like they want to be so ingrained in the Western like culture that like whatever is popping off in the Western world, like they feel the need to have it as well. And you know, no, I mean, fair play to them. Like esports is obviously growing at a, an exponential rate, but. Um, it looks like Vav specifically is going to be more of a uh, like like more like a esports gaming centers. With initially, I think they're going to launch. They have like three that they're trying to launch by the end of next year. That mm. will just be like places like essentially giant esports arcades where you can go and play. I don't know CS:GO or whatever. Whatever it is, you. So it's not necessarily football related. It's just a business. no. It's it's just a business. It's but it's a weird one because it's like it's so specific to. It, and that's that's what's weird to me is that this is so specific to Saudi Arabia. It's like if, like, honestly, the best example would be like if uh, if Leeds, not Leeds, that's actually not a good example because they're American, but like like not American, but they have like a lot of American players and people from. Let's just say let's say Bournemouth, which also recently got bought by Americans, but let's say Bournemouth does a partnership with with Bojangles, which is. A yeah, I was gonna say chicken Wawa, chain. But yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, ch- a chicken chain that's in like southeastern United States. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so like, all right, yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure Bojangles has the money to have a have signage, but like, when but you why? think about a product that is broadcasted to the entire world, like Bojangles on a Premier League broadcast only is relevant to people who are walking it in the Southeast. So it's kind of a wasted partnership. And so that's what I feel about this one. And I hope that we don't go down that route. Like it's already been that way with like noon is another Saudi based like platform. And again, that's like, that's, that's a little bit more global. So that one gets a pass, but I mean, this one Vav is a weird one because it's, it's literally only, it's really only a, uh, a thing that exists in Saudi Arabia and it doesn't look like it's going to exist outside of Saudi Arabia. I think maybe down the road, it looks like their plan is to turn these into like esports training centers, which is a unique concept of like, they'll train up the next generation esports athletes, but it does feel a little bit weird because for the most part in, in global football, there's a pretty solid esports infrastructure with, you know, FIFA world leagues and things like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting one, um, but if Newcastle are going down that route, which Darren Neal's came from Atlanta United and they took esports very seriously, like you know they got the best esports player and one of the best FIFA players in the world to play for Atlanta United's team and compete on a global scale. Like if if Vob is going to sponsor like Newcastle's foreign in that, by all means, uh, go ahead. I'll take them. I'll pay, so, I'll take them. Yeah, but again, it's money coming in, but it's uh just let's let's. Hey, let's uh, let's get a non-PIF sponsor to 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 take some heat off of us. All right, and then uh, finally the the last bit of news: um, Newcastle uh, took their their break uh, for this World Cup break, and um, there was a I think we mentioned this in the last pod, but there is a uh, like a players can train from wherever, and then there was a in person uh, sort of like optional 
uh, in persons. Like a, we had a week off and had an in person uh, like training. You could come in into the to the office and train, okay. or they would give you some some training material to do at home. And so uh, that happened. And then the 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 guys went to Saudi Arabia. Uh, they did a lot of different things as they have done before. Uh, I guess this time was way. It was, uh, honestly felt a little bit more put together from a from a like a Newcastle. Well, it looks coverage, like they had so. a grand old time. They had a fantastic yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, they had a good time, you know. And they they did a, a meet and greet, uh, which, I mean, if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a I'm not gonna lie. If I'm a if I'm Saudi Arabian and I saw the the meet and greet, um, I'd be a little disappointed. Given like on the posters for this were like Bruno, Bruno, and ASM, and like. You know, all these, ex- you know, Callum Wilson, which of course Bruno and Callum Wilson weren't even, you know, inside Arabia. But the meet and greet consisted of Eddie Howe, which okay, that's cool. Meet the manager, um, Jacob Murphy, Jamal Lascelles, and Sean Longstaff. That's the best we could do. Is uh, that's what they got, huh? Yeah, that's. Conversely, though, conversely, yeah. Um, if I was chilling at home, if I was if I was chilling. And then a message popped up on the old Twitters or wherever, wherever, you know, the club sent me a, you know, got an email this week telling me what's going on. Oh, snap. You know, Longstaff's, you know, going to be signing, you know, or, you know, Jamal LaSalle will be yeah. signing, signing kits and having a meet and greet, you know. Yeah. If I live close by, I would go. I would. I mean, and here's the thing. Here's the thing also mm-hmm. to consider. Um in the time, in the year since the club has been bought out by PIF, yeah. the the away support in Saudi Arabia has grown exponentially. It's almost like they perceive this as their club. There is no, it one thousand percent is their club. Yeah. Like and I mean, so the, the, there is an very yeah. Yeah, there is. And so I, you know, yeah, you and I might be like, oh, yeah, we would be disappointed if the big guns didn't show up. But also, like, if if this was a if this was a team that was brand new to you and like this was your first squad that you fell in love with. Remember that first squad you fell in love with? Remember that first 18? And you, you you know, yeah. you you strike me as a Yedlin guy. You must have loved Yedlin. Right. Yes, I did love Yedlin, but right. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And imagine, yeah. right. No, and so you're, you're making good points. You're making you'll, good t- point. you'll take what you can get is what I'm saying. And, you can. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you know, outside of LaSalle's like Jacob Murphy and John Longstaff played a lot of matches and were pretty good down the stretch, like leading into this. So like, it's like, Oh, you're meeting a starting, you're meeting starting 11 quality players. Like, I mean, Jacob Murphy's got five starts under his belt and I think he's, He's been a sub in almost every other match. So, like, sure. And Sean Longs has played every single match this season. So, yeah. I mean, two out-and-out starters in the club captain. Yeah. So, maybe I'm I'm in the wrong here. And maybe it no, wasn't. There's no, there's no wrong. There's, there's no, no wrong. Yeah, there's no wrong. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, that did happen. And then Newcastle took on Al-Halal, who uh, also made news that week, uh, but for completely different reasons, uh, who reportedly <laughs> had offered Ronaldo 200 million pounds a season to play. They could have uh, used him. They lost five they, mil. They yeah, they, they could have. They, they, they could have used him. If there's anything Ronaldo can do, he'll score you a brace. Yeah, he'll get your you a team, brace. Your uh, team won't be any better for it, but he'll do it. Yeah, he'll he'll get you a brace. Uh, so yeah, they lost five nil. Uh, Joel Linton had a brace. Uh, Miguel Amaron had a brace. So good to see that Miguel Amaron is not stopped scoring. And then Dylan Stevenson, a, a youth team player uh, who 
who uh, he he made his debut uh, in a in I want to say in maybe Atlanta uh, one of the preseason matches uh, he made his first team debut, but he played he he scored and so that's good good for him. Good for yeah, him. yeah. Say who now? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you this iteration of the podcast. Um, knowing the up and coming. Um, up and coming academy kids is probably my shortcoming. I just don't. I Dylan, Dylan, who? Yeah, it's, Say it's what the now? opposite of of your predecessor, Greg. Yeah, who he knew, knew all of the, all, but he was there. He was like, he's he was, what? What'd you do for lunch today? Well, you know, I was out there at the grounds. So, well, yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, like, I mean, Greg, Greg's American. He just like there was nothing else to like. There was it was West. It was less exciting. Like, I mean, I think we we got like the women's team started to make some noise went towards the end of like okay uh, Greg's tenure there. So we started to cover the women's team. But uh, but it was pretty much like because it was during like we started this during Mike Ashley era, so it's like what are we going to talk about? Like not transfers, not commercial deals. Th- there was nothing going no, on, no. And so like we spent like the first Last part thing. of the podcast talking about what are you like, gonna do? the new team. Here and I am, it's the like, front runner. I just show up when the team's doing well. I'm like, hey Elijah, I'd like to, <laughs> I like to get on the podcast now that the after you know after following this team for 30 years, and all of a sudden like they're good. I'll be on the podcast. No, but it, yeah, it is funny though. Like it's just like I mean, it was it was funny because like our youth academy wasn't good. I mean, it's still it's better, but it's not I don't know if there's it, anything they do. I mean, every once in a while they turn out a couple of good players. They're, no, yeah, no, you know, it yeah, it was a it's a couple. Like you know, he was he had, he knew about Maddie Longstaff going yeah. out alone. Like I mean, like you know, Elias Sorens and Elliot Anderson. We talked about all of them, but it's just like it was always like. All right, we talked about Maddie Longstaff, or we talked about Elias Sorensen, and it was like there was like one, only one or two youth guys at a time. Whereas, like, I have friends who are Chelsea fans, and they're sitting there because Chelsea streams pretty much every single one of their like U twenty three and like U twenty matches, and they're watching them, and they like know like every player in the Chelsea youth system. And so That's when a wild. guy like 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 uh, like Chalaba comes up, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I, I remember watching him two years ago for the U nineteen or U eighteen through like. Uh, all right, sick. Like, it's just like you that know, whole team was stacked. The thing with Chelsea, yeah, and maybe we'll get there someday. But the thing with Chelsea, yeah. they were so stacked that if you were playing okay, again FIFA, right? Yeah. I, I'm a nerd. Yeah, if you started off with a team, you know, if you were playing Charlton, or I mean, I don't really know exactly who, but like Lewis Baker or Chalaba, or you know, any number of their players that were loaned out to what is it? Um, what was that team in the Netherlands that? Uh, AFC Onholt or something. I can't remember exactly yeah. who it is. But yeah, they had players on loan everywhere and they were all rated in like, you know, in a 70 or so rating. So they were completely obtainable. Like the following season when their loan ended, you can go out and get them for a reasonable amount of money and they always yeah. develop really, really well. That's just FIFA nerddom for you. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was one. Uh, there was one guy who I'm. I'm going to double check because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to like misname him. But I remember it. Was, yes, yes, he was. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, there was one player who I remember getting ages ago. Who was another like like again. This is FIFA, so he was another just like you do a lower league team. He was always available and just had high potential. And it was uh, Izzy Brown who was That's a right. striker at Chelsea. Dude, I, st- I still and, like, go get him. I still oh, go yeah. get him. He yeah, plays I think he's center attacking mid. You can get him for like two mil. 
Yeah, yeah. So that was just like it was. There was always like six guys from Chelsea you could just like get for cheap, get on loan, and then like they're just absolute beasts in like four years. Um. So yeah, th- that happened. And then um, as Josh put in here on our little outline, I totally forgot to put this, but we do play at St James's against Rio Vallecano uh, this Saturday. Um. I don't. I'm gonna. I don't know if that's going to be streamed. The the uh, the the friendly in Saudi Arabia was streamed if you lived in the UK, so I didn't really see it. Um, oh, okay. And uh, I didn't, I didn't whole, look I, for it, so shame. Yeah, on yeah. You. So yeah, I mean, it was on NUFC TV, so I think this one's probably going to be on NUFC TV. But I don't know what it's like. The opposite of blackout, like it's like in America, you can't ever watch your own your own team in your own market without like cable, but. In the UK, it seems like you cannot watch like like they're making this free, but you can only watch it if you're in the UK. So it's very odd. Um, it it so is maybe odd. I might need to get a VPN or something, or I don't know. Maybe yeah, the we'll have to reach out. I think I think the Rio match has some interesting implications, and I just wanted to go over a few notes that I have for it before mm-hmm. we go yeah. into the next segment. But um, the Rio's last five, I'm gonna go with their last six. Um, just because it's interesting. They had a, a nil-nil draw. What did they have? A 1-1 with Real Sociedad. A 1-0 win at Galatasaray. Okay, and so that's interesting because Patrick Van Anholt is mm-hmm. on loan. Uh, Patrick Van Anholt plays for Galatasaray, um, and he is he was on loan to Newcastle in 2010, made yeah. just seven appearances. thought that was a tidy little note. Um, Ryo lost one to three to Fenerbahce. Um, and then they had won three one in the cup over Marusa. Uh, they had a nil nil draw with Celta Vigo, right? Okay, so all this is set you up. And they won, I think, in their last meaningful league match was a three two win over Real Madrid before the World Cup break. I think the rest of that was either cup or maybe Celta Vigo was, was a league match, but the rest of that was, um, I believe was friendlies uh, during the cup during the World Cup uh, schedule. Um, so, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they do against Rio Vallecano. Um, you know, I'm, maybe it'll be on NUFC TV's um, radio option, which is always free to listen to uh, the BBC yeah. broadcast from the uh, Newcastle website. I'm just like I'm 90% sure it's going to be on NUFC TV. NUFC, yeah, NUFC TV in some capacity. Cool. All right, um, we're going to switch things up from the initial outline, and I'm just going to go ahead. Let's just take an ad break right now. Let's Josh. do it. Are you okay with that? I want to hear I want to hear all about all the ways that they have to make money. Yeah, all right. Let's 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 make some money. All right, we're back, and uh, we're bringing back one of my favorite segments because we're getting into silly season. This is something Josh has never done, so uh, everyone who has heard this before will get to see Josh, uh, you know, experience this for the first time. It's a segment we like to call BS Meter, and Josh, yes, yes. what it what it is is I'm going to give you some Newcastle transfer related news. I love and, this because I am blindsided by this, and I am excited to see if I can sniff it out. Oh yeah, and so I'm, and and it's really one of those where it, these this is every this could be anything. It's just what I've I've gotten, and all of this I will say none of this is stuff I've made up. Good, so all of this has been reported in some capacity, and essentially it's one of those. I just want to know how much do you think this is going to be real? So if it's okay, if for example, this is a good example. Uh, 
this is Eddie Howe has said, you know, the athletics reported that Eddie Howe is looking to strengthen at the midfield position, particularly wanting to bring in an athletic six. Um, and so if I were to say, hey, you know, Josh, what do you think in BS meter wise? Me personally, not a lot of BS there. So I'm going to mm. say, you know, that's like that's like a little bit of dog poop. Like I'm actually or I could just say, no, it's not BS at all. But typically it's cool to just like compare it to poop. So maybe it's like mice poop of like, I'm sure Eddie Howe wants an athletic six. Um, I'm sure Newcastle is scouting one. Do I think it'll happen? Maybe, maybe not. Probably they might make a move for one. And then I could go the complete opposite route and say Newcastle were one of the clubs that apparently, you know, this is one I'm making up, uh, offered Ronaldo on a free. And that'd be like a dump truck full of BS because we know that's not happening. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, it makes me think of um, maybe we can go with a back, back to the future O-meter. Um, oh. Is it Biff? The Biff runs into the, uh, the dump yeah. truck full of poop and it spills on yeah. his vehicle? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, without further ado, the, the Eddie Howe one was actually one. I was actually curious. I mean, just overall, like, do, do I think, think that's actually that? Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I think it's like I think Eddie Howe said it like this, I think <laughs> this, the, I think the BS smell is minimal on that one. Um, oh, yeah, I, for sure. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking for us, if he's looking for a six. Uh, we've got uh, God, I think the biggest the biggest um, conundrum he has is where is he going to fit in uh, Isak, right? And so once he sorts out where Isak is going to come into this squad, how he's going to play him in over the next yeah. six weeks, um, that I think is going to contribute to, or that's going to inform what we pursue in January. So uh, in Athletic Six yeah. is definitely on the list. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's that's important. And I think part of honestly the biggest reason for me as to why that's not bs is that it's just there is not we don't have an athletic six at the club uh so i mean we really haven't had i think that one of the only times we had two athletic just like ball winners was when we had isaac hayden and modiami at the same time and honestly i talked a lot of i talked a lot of shit about modiami but now it's like i mean pre-bruno i was like man it would be nice to have a modiami Uh, yeah but uh, that that year down in the championship with diame was I mean, he was supreme at that level. That was his level, man, and he was. Oh yeah, oh. I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying that, like, I missed, I missed a, a ball winner, the athletic yeah. guy in yeah. the middle of the yeah, pitch. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, right now it's been John Joe Shelby, and I'm sure Shelby can play in that position and has in order to get the best out of Bruno and move him more into a, an eight. Uh, but you know, we'll see. All right, yeah. so here's here's the first actual one. Okay. Um, Leeds United plotting a move to re-sign Chris Wood in January. Leeds reportedly see Wood, uh, who was there before Burnley, little known fact, as an alternative to Patrick Bamford and Rodrigo. Most important to recognize that um, Patrick Bamford and Rodrigo, pretty injury-prone uh, strikers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, thoughts on this? BS or you know, maybe there's some truth to Leeds' interest. Um, I don't, I don't know where, it, I don't know where it came from, but it, it, yeah. su- it suits them. If that makes sense from a Leeds perspective, I could see them pursuing Chris, uh, from a Newcastle perspective, I could see them letting him go at this point. It's an easy out to that obligation. He helped us tremendously last year. We are not in a position like we were last year where we need to be stealing players off of 
our relegation yeah. foes, we're in a position where we need to be strengthening for the future. And yeah. I, you know, by selling, by selling him a year after getting him, even if we broke even, or even if we lost a dime, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think go, you lose money here, but <laughs> it's, I'm fine with that yeah. because it opens up a roster spot. It frees up cash on the wages and you can go out and get um, a younger project that can play behind um, Wilson and someone who doesn't have an ego. Maybe that frees up time for Isak right up at the nine. I don't know if he can play that. That's I don't know if that's his strength, but I buy it. Oh, it doesn't, he did it doesn't, score two goals that, as a striker uh, yeah. already for Newcastle, so I, it I think does, it's fine. I will say it doesn't. It doesn't stink. It doesn't stink. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there's there's a little bit of truth to this, probably in some regard. I'm sure Leeds are shopping for strikers. I honestly, I would push back in in, in saying that Newcastle would be so quick to let Chris Wood go, just because I think, like you know, we talk about Isak, we talk about Wilson, we talk about ASM, and where all these guys fit in, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think Chris Waugh had a really, I think he wrote a piece on how does this fit in. And like someone in the comments brought up a really good point of like, we, we keep talking about how are all these pieces going to work together when in fact, it feels like no, all three of them are never healthy at the same time. That's true. Like, I mean, like literally Isak is coming back from being injured. Uh, he basically got injured right before Callum Wilson came back into the Newcastle team. And now Wilson picked up an injury uh, at the end of the World Cup, so and it's it's a minor injury, but you know with Callum Wilson, you never know. And so Chris Woods actually had to provide solid cover uh, as a backup striker, and he's he's you know he's done what he's been asked to do, and I mean he he actually was rewarded right before the right before the break, he scored a goal, and so like I don't know, I don't know if we're as quick to move on from him as as you know maybe we'd like to be. Just because, you know, I think you're going to end up being back in the same position of wanting to get another sort of veteran striker that doesn't mind being the second or third option. Because that's the other thing is that, you know, I still think there needs to be that sort of like, I wouldn't say long time, but just like a a, a guy who's fine being a bench player versus like just having a bunch of, you know, just really good prospects. I think there's there's a little bit of merit to that. At least for now. I mean, we'll see in the summer, but that's an interesting one uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, moving on. Earlier in the month, it was reported that Newcastle could be interested in a move from Moises Caicedo. I think I said that right. Caicedo. Uh, the- yeah, the I think he's Venezuelan. I want to say he's Venezuelan. Brighton, Brighton, yeah. uh, number six, very athletic midfielder. Um, BS meter on this, Josh. I don't think Brighton would let him go. Yeah, I, I I think that it's a if you're Newcastle, there's definitely interest. Like I think it's a pile of dog poop in terms of like they made an ask. But uh, I think like if you're Brighton, it's a it's a dump truck of. BS because yeah they he's didn't, they didn't he's pick been, up the phone <laughs> no he's been a bright spot for them um in in after losing their manager for them to have a, 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 as many bright spots as they possibly can it's good for for Brighton so I think they hold on to whatever um you know top shelf players that they have I don't think there's an amount of money that can pry him um in January I think in the summer I think a lot of players that seem hard to get a hold of in January I think the summer they're easier. Um, because oh, yeah, it, sure. it gives Brighton and teams like that um, a chance to turn the money around, but I don't, I don't think so. 
in January. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a weird one this January because uh, you know we're always everyone's very used to a post World Cup like spending boom and like for all intents and purposes like there are a lot of big names that you know bigger clubs have scouted like the clubs with the capital to make a move for a Gakpo for example mm-hmm. um, or a a Kudus uh, like Liverpool is interested in, in both those players I want to say like they might make moves, but even then, like it, none of it feels certain. Like, I don't know if anyone's really, if it's going to be as like many moves as people thought was going to happen pre world cup. I think still a lot of the business is going to be done in the summer because it's just, it's like you said, it's, it's so tough to replace players um, that, you know, I don't know what someone's going to do if they lose Gakpo. I think especially in, in, in the league, I think in our league, it's, it's especially difficult. I think if you look at teams, I mean, especially at teams like uh, Juve um, or Inter um, teams that have traditionally overreached uh, in the, the previous summer, and they are happy to unload, um, you know, a Denzel, (laughs) a a Dumfries, you know what I mean? They're like, yes, please come and overpay for this guy. He performed well. He had a, you know, had a nice goal against the U S and, and I think that that goal raised his valuation probably, you know, by 50%. So, um, Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what players who you and I have been aware of just go for much bigger prices. But I think those, those big names, um, those big names aren't going to come from um, teams in, you know, from uh, the 12th spot and up in the Premier League. I think teams that need to sell or want to offload wages when they know um, death is inevitable. So the bottom mm-hmm. three might look to sell. But I also think teams mid-table in the championship, like João Pedro um, and Watford. I think Watford are sitting just outside of the playoffs um, in the championship. And the right amount of money might free up uh, Pedro, who has been a target for, for us for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, speaking of, uh, and, and again, I think part of it is like the, I don't, I just don't know if it's going to be the big names that we're used to seeing go right after world cup. All right. Here's another one. Uh, Marcus Durham, uh, linked to Newcastle, 10 goals and 15 Bundesliga matches for Borussia Mönchengladbach playing as the, I mean, the, the third striker for a very good, uh, French national team right now. Uh, Apparently available for you know around the twenty million mark. Uh, we'll see post World Cup, but that's a, a player Newcastle were interested in. Another player who can play across the line, mm-hmm. uh, he plays forward, and he could play as a left winger. And then in Eddie Howe's system, could probably play on the right since Eddie likes to invert his wingers. Thoughts on that? I don't think that stinks at all. Um, yeah, and I, I think and, it's a, it makes and there's, sense. There's a couple of things that work here for me. Um, one, again, he's coming from outside of the league, mm-hmm. um, coming from a team within a league that typically could use the money to make some moves. These Bundesliga teams and Liga 1 teams, they usually get um, pickpocketed in January. Um, yeah. So if players go, they're going to go for high prices because that's that's just the cost of doing business. Um, mm-hmm. However, if let's just say that there is some leg to chris wood going um where you know who are you where are you gonna fill in and and let's think about this if isak who can play on the left side um maybe he does get slotted into the left side which is there's going to be some competition our wingers have been doing really well 
Yeah, um, no, it's 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 a mess. I mean, it's a good a, problem to have. We've, it's we've a good never problem. had this problem. <laughs> no, it's a great. Yeah, there's it's a good a, problem. I would say another, and here's the here's the key trigger. I think here's the key trigger. The Chris Wood, I think, is sort of like a, a tertiary trigger to something mm-hmm. like Turam coming in, and I think what the primary determining factor is ASM going out. And I don't know if that's on your on your list. Now, a year ago, if you would have said, what do you think about ASM going out? I would have cried. I would have begged, please, no, like, don't let this happen. This guy's this guy money. I mean, if you would have asked me four months ago, I would have pleaded with you, please don't let this happen. Um, but I, I, I'm left wondering sometimes when he comes in, he is he there he's so good at what he does but i don't know if he fits in with what Eddie Howe wants to do if that makes any sense yeah we'll yeah. see uh yeah. I, yeah he he actually spoke about a little bit of, gave a little bit of insight into because i do think like we talked about a little bit just the lack of you know effort especially in the most recent cut cup match where he played it was just like he was a passenger uh and uh he actually mentioned, like, I, he said it was really tough for him. And I think it's a fair point. Because I honestly, if you look at ASM's career, I don't really think he's ever been in this situation uh, until this season at Newcastle, where he was, he basically, they had asked him about Mikael Amaron, and he was saying, yeah, I'm happy for Miggy. He definitely deserves it. He works hard in training. Um, he, and this was very unprovoked, but he mentioned, he said, it's really hard for you to sit on the sidelines while your team is doing so well. And I think that honestly has been like a, that's, I think it's something that's probably bothered him a little bit of like, typically when ASM doesn't play, Newcastle does not look good. And that's been the case ever since he's moved to Newcastle. I mean, right. it's just straight up like statistics and stuff support it all. Now it's not the case. It's not a, you're a nailed on starter. You have to work for that role. And so I think it's a wake up call and I think it can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. ASM leaves. Or ASM has this come to Jesus moment because I, I want to say he's 25 or 26 and is like, hey, I, I want to work for this. I want to be the best. And he knows that if he can cement himself as a player, a consistent player for a Newcastle team that is now consistently playing well, yeah, he'll be called up to the French national team. He'll be in the picture. Oh, yeah. I think this is, this is the way that he does it is he's got to stay healthy and he has to like – he has to buy into what Eddie Howe's doing, and he's got to. You know, and I think ultimately that's going to make him better. Um, he's just this this idea of him being a maverick like that's gone on too long, uh, and yeah. he's and that's part of the falling out of Nice was that I want to say Vieira was Vieira might have been there when he was at Nice. I want to say it was that, hmm. I think that's who it was. Um, I just remember he had there was a lot of tension between him and the previous manager, and I have to double check that. I, I think it was Vieira, but um. But yeah, it's just in just in terms of like wanting structure, and when Steve he moved to Newcastle with Steve Bruce, who literally um do whatever he wanted, like he thrived, but also right, you know, that's there was no, there also was no not, system. There was yeah, no and that's also there's no yeah, and also and, like street football is not like how everyone else plays it. So if you ever want to play at a higher level, you have to learn to play within a system and trust yeah. that the manager is going to put you in a position that plays to your strengths. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, anyway, I think Taram is, is a really good shout. Um, Munch and Godbach's also in a little bit of no man's land. Like, yes, they can do some things to to really, you know, to, to make some moves. But right now they're in eighth. So not really, you know, nailed on European football. 
again, Bundesliga is wild, so anything can happen. Like Leverkusen were like in the bottom three, uh, which is wild, while also dominating in Europe or playing well in Europe. So you never know. Yeah. But uh, I, I also think that if you're Turam and there's a Premier League club interested in you, and that's always the big thing is with with guys coming into the league, is that you typically you want to take that chance. And this is his best ever season. So uh, if uh, if there if there was a time for him to make a move to the Prem, it would be this January window. All right, just a couple more really quickly. Uh, this one's an interesting one. Anthony Robinson uh, is is been linked mm. to Newcastle. That's an interesting one. Uh, Anthony had a solid World Cup uh, for playing for the United States. Um, I mean, I guess like uh, everyone except for U.S. men's national team fans were – I think pleasantly surprised or at least a little bit surprised uh, at the U S U S is showing at the world cup and Anthony Robinson held it down there. He was, he was fine. He's a left back. Uh, but again, uh, he's, you know, he's at Fulham, uh, definitely a, a different sort of left back to, uh, where is what he playing Newcastle now? Birmingham? Right now. Is he in Birmingham? Is no, he, no, he's, he's at Fulham. He's at Fulham. Oh, he's at Fulham. He's okay. At, yeah. He's at Fulham and he starts for them. And I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely improved a ton. Uh, he's a, sure. again, he's, He's a different type of uh, fullback than Newcastle have on the left-hand side because he is so attack-minded. So, you know, it fits in the whole Newcastle want attack-minded fullbacks. Sure. I, I don't know if Fulham's going to sell. If I were Fulham, I'd probably wait until yeah, the summer. There's, there's a couple. I This one, I, it, it doesn't pass the smell test for me for a couple okay. of reasons, right? Uh, you know, I think... Um, I think once we, I think Fulham is going to hold on to him. I think they're they're doing surprisingly well compared yeah. to what people had predicted. I don't think they're going to want to mess with the chemistry that they have that has has got them to this point of the right now they're in they're in a position of survival, right? Um, they're in a position of thriving, which yeah. was completely not expected. Like they were expected to be in the in the in the bottom four, you know, and and they're 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 doing they're doing quite well thank you very much so i don't i don't see them letting him go um just for again not enough turnaround time to to fill in the ranks there but also like you don't want to mess with that chemistry but also i'm not quite sure that you know i might have an anti-american player bias i just don't i don't think when you're the team when you're a team that's looking to be to move into a position of one of the best sides in the world I wouldn't go and get a player from that, you know, that is a mid table to lower table or championship level player because you, I don't know. It just seems like he seems like he would be a backup player in a year is what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it depends on how you look at it. It depends on like, like, cause I, I will say Anthony Robinson is like, I wouldn't say exceeded expectations, but he's, he's, he's twice the player he was when he first got to Fulham. So development wise, he is, he's made a lot of strides, which I think is a little enticing, especially uh, given like, like, you know, they were looking at a Lodi and the pricing didn't make, you know, match up. So if you're looking for an attack minded left back, then I think Anthony is probably a name that's on the list that would, would also be, I think wouldn't, wouldn't be a ridiculous fee. I think that's probably where I see this is a little bit less BS. I think the BS part for me is that I don't think it's an area of need right now. I think mm. it's a it's a nice to have, but I don't think it's a January move. And we'll see what happens with Fulham. But I, I think like 
if I'm Anthony Robinson, this is an exciting prospect. But I mean, he's also he's again he's relatively young. Like he's I want to say he might be 23 or 24. So getting a guy who's already created a lot of um, attacking output for Fulham, which is you know again like they're they're mid table, but he's he's a good attacking you know fullback. That's that's all the rage right now is attacking fullbacks and. and you know, hopefully, yeah, but, you, you know, we got Big Dan Burn back there, so we. Don't. And that's the thing; it's it's a weird one, but you know, that's <laughs> it's 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 an interesting one. So we'll see. Uh, I I will say this: a lot of Newcastle fans just said no, <laughs> right? And interestingly enough, a lot of people. Uh, it, well, actually, it was it's actually pretty fifty fifty now. I'm looking at all the stuff. Um, one good comment was DeAndre Yedlin's region, which is which is pretty good. Um, but <laughs> a lot of uh, if there were Americans to go after, it would I would. Tyler Adams would be the one I would go after if I were Newcastle, but that's not happening. Um, and then uh, this is a, a little bit, a couple out there ones. Uh, hot off the presses. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't know how to it. say this. Uh, Newcastle are apparently, uh, potentially entering talks uh, with uh, over, over a move for Zhao Felix. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. I think I don't think we're there yet. Um, but well, uh, this, I, I don't here, think okay. it's I don't think it's far off. And here's okay. why. Okay, Josh, wait, wait. Before you say, before you say, I don't think we're there yet. Do you want to hear the other team that is apparently in the mix for Zhao Felix? Chelsea, Arsenal. No. Real Madrid. No. Go it's on. a Premier League team. It's Aston Villa. Aston Villa, okay, but also so, Manchester United and Chelsea. But yeah, right. Yes. Ridic- ridiculous. Aston, Aston Villa thinks. I don't a know lot how of Aston themselves. Villa got got into that. Okay, they sure. they fancy themselves. Their fans are deluded. The whole team yeah, is deluded no, because it's, it's a shit team in a shit town in Birmingham. Yeah. You know, and yeah. but they have a fancy name, and it sounds like they're somewhere special, but they're not. Um, they're, it's a completely diluted fan base and, uh, yeah. they don't know what they've come to expect for themselves. Um, you know, there is trouble of brewing, uh, for, for, uh, Atletico, right. And there's a lot going yeah. on down there. Um, I think Jean Felix is very frustrated with his position. Um, and, uh, Simeone doesn't make anything very easy. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me for Jean Felix to go in January. Yeah. I don't know where he lands, but I don't think it's going to be Newcastle. And I definitely don't think it's going to be Aston. Honestly, I don't think it's any of those. I I think Jean Felix probably, probably lands in. um, I think it kind of depends on what Inter do um, with some of their players and their contracts and it kind of, you know, but I think uh, he's the kind of player that I think he stays on the continent. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if he ends up making a move. If he does, it's you know maybe it's to City to play for Pep. But um, I don't know. I it, it like. But I don't see him coming to England. I'll say this on that: of the teams that have been linked to him so far, the the most likely one, just because this team keeps buying forwards who don't know what position they play, is Chelsea. Like he fits in with the. Yeah. Hey, let's just buy this guy who plays as a number nine, a winger. An if it was it's Roman like, Abramovich, I would say a hundred percent. Right, the that, yeah. that pattern of purchase. I don't know what's going on with the new American owner. He's American. Well, I mean, right? he did he did the same thing. I mean, he bought a ton of he bought whoever 
Tuchel wanted in the summer before he and fired. And then fired like, Tuchel. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, like, he's he's spending the same, you know, right now yeah. he's keeping pace with Abramovich. Uh, but, uh, uh, I don't know, it's a weird one. Atleti said in the past he won a 100 million pound swarm, but, like you said, he could force his way out. But you know, he could I go think to it's Bayern. A, I, bet, I bet Bayern would be yeah, a great uh, club for him. Uh, yeah, or, or Dortmund. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Dortmund has the money for that. They don't have the I, money, and they're in I, sixth right now. But I think, so. yeah. But I think, uh, I think, a, 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 you know, systemically. Oh, 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 wait, wait a minute. Dortmund don't have the money yet because I, I do think like, well, you can sell Jude Bellingham to yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, say, Jude, Jude might might go in January. That'd be a pretty uh, penny. Think, yeah. So. That's not to us, but <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he's not going to Newcastle. But yeah, Liverpool are shopping for Jude Bell. It looks like it's Jude is like their number one, and then Kudus is Kudus, who's another FIFA sort of that. That's a recent FIFA career mode gym. Um, yeah, he he had a he had a really good showing at the World Cup, which made me feel good as someone who had him in my career mode last year. So um, he, he's like a I think he's a backup target for uh, Liverpool. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I I agree with you. I don't see a prim team that. Like, I don't see a prim team where Jao Felix goes. And honestly, partially to me is that, like, I don't really think his play style suits the prem at all. Like, I don't think I don't see him as a as an athletic sort of player. Like, I don't know. He doesn't really, like, do anything to, to really, I don't know, that feel. I don't know. He's a good player, but I, I just I have no idea. where. Well, he, and, yeah. and then of the teams mentioned, like, none of those teams make sense. For him. Yeah, right. like Manchester United and Chelsea, I would stay as far away as possible from if you're an attacking player right now just because, like, there's just so many attacking players there that, like, I don't know. They, I, I don't want to say they haven't worked out, but it's like it doesn't It doesn't seem like either one of those teams has a clear plan on how to make any of those attacking players work. So, yeah, um, yeah but, man, you are certainly going to be shopping for forward options, so maybe they bring in Zhao. Uh, all right, and then the last one. This is a new one, uh, probably the most recent rumor. Forty million pounds, Christian Pulisic. Uh, okay, here's the thing. You ready for the thing? Mm-hmm. I think this is incredibly likely. I think this is, I think this is the likeliest of all of the things that have been on the list. I think he fits in with what Hal likes to accomplish in mm-hmm. his system. I think if he keeps his health. I think that he can I think he can do for this side what ASM can't and that is be a team player. Um I think that he could thrive. And look man, 8 weeks ago I would have said get the get out of here with this. Like I don't want this. I don't I don't want this guy on the side. But um if he could keep his health I almost feel like he has been so He's been put under a spotlight, an intense spotlight. And if yeah. he could just get into a team that doesn't need him to be anything more than what he is, he doesn't need to be Captain America. He doesn't need the armband. He doesn't have to prove a point. It, playing for Chelsea every time, he's fighting so hard to get into that to get into that uh, that starting side, and it has become a distraction. Whereas I think he'd rather just get on with his career. You only have a few good years to thrive. And I think he should definitely be leaving Chelsea. I think he should leave Chelsea. Um, And to be honest with you, he could do really well for us. I mean, there, would I, would I prefer, um, you know, 
Madison. The, yeah, that's that's what yeah. I would prefer. Yeah, but if Madison doesn't happen, if there's so much promise in Pulisic, and I wouldn't have said that eight weeks ago, but I've changed my mind. And I, I, yes. I, you know, on the sneaky lowdown, watched a few of the World Cup matches. I know that's not my dig, but I did it. And mm-hmm. I was impressed with him as a player. And I could see a lot of potential with him as a team player and a system player. And um, not, a, not a person that's looking to um, make the highlight reel, but a person who happens to end up on the highlight reel because he plays well into the system. Yeah. Um, that's a good shout. I, I do think a lot of this does hinge on Madison. And again, like we have to set realistic expectations. And it's a tough part about like, and that's the, the weird thing about this window and why this, this BS meter took 20 minutes, but yeah. it's so weird yeah, yeah. because it's like, it's, it's, it's like in a normal circumstance, like in new, even if new, if honestly, if Newcastle are in the top six, like, I don't know if we're talking about Newcastle making multiple big money signings. And I'm saying big money, I'm saying anything over $25 million. Just because that's, I mean, that's that's a lot of money to spend on a single player in January. It's yeah. like 25 to 30 million. Like, I, to me, I mean, like, obviously you have your big 189, 75 million. But I don't, I just, it just feels like if, if we were not in third right now and seriously pushing for, Hey, like everyone else around us has to play a lot more games than we do. This could be anything's this, possible. This could, this could be the last year. But here's here's a couple of things, and I, th- I think you'd appreciate this. Um, we, you've got to you, scared money don't make none, right? Yeah, and of course. So, yeah. And so, in order to finish in a higher position in the league, which you get paid a higher amount of money, the higher you finish, of course. Um, if you spend the money now, the smart move is, hey, I'm in third. Let's fight to stay in the top four. Yeah. I think I think winning the league is, you know, unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely. But finishing top four isn't as unlikely. We're there. We're already there. Why not fight to stay in it? And then that justifies the cost. If you win, you know, and you end up in the top four, even if you drop to fifth, um, it justifies the cost of spending the money on a player. If you analyze it and say, "Hey, we're top four. This is we're a, we're way a, uh, ahead of schedule. I'm fine with dropping to six, seven. I you know, and I don't want to spend the money. And you anticipate not finishing in the top four and getting the money from that or going to Europe. Wait, don't spend the money and wait and try to bring these players on in the summer." You know, when you spend less and a financial fair play becomes less of a burden um, going forward, you you know, you don't have to unload players. You can get them at a lower cost and and, and stretch that F, that financial fair play uh, situation out a little bit longer. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of mentalities and, I, and I'm not quite sure we're going to learn a lot about this young front office. Um, oh yeah no it's from, gonna from be an interesting January. one for sure i mean and like they're doing the little things well of hey we've signed these youth guys and ground call like bless his heart hope he i mean he had a, a great great job for him in the world cup all that kind of jazz he's going to go on alone all that kind of stuff but this is this january is gonna define like what does this like you said what does this front office think of this team what does eddie howe think of this team 
I think there are areas where you can improve, but is it going to be, hey, we're going to spend a lot of money on getting James, like Madison or the dream number six, or is it going to be a, hey, we are going to get a good number six, we're going to get a good winger and or a good attacking player to just continue to add to this team of attacking talent. And then just really quickly back to Pulisic, I, you know, I was, again, I was, I'm a big Pulisic hater uh, in the sense yeah. of like, I, 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 you know, and it's not his fault. I just think that like everyone hypes him up. I, yeah. I mean, and it's just, it's tough being American in that regard of like, he, he was one of the first guys and he, I don't know. He was, he was a glimmer of hope in a really bad time for American soccer. And he, and you could say Gio Reyna as well. Like they got this just like, weight of expectation thrown on them that makes it so that like they like when adversity comes it feels as if they're not up to the task every so often um right it, it feels like at times that christian pulisic didn't fight for his his spots at uh chelsea especially under tuchel especially under i mean even a little bit under potter um so i'm in a spot of like if Pulisic truly wants to get out of Chelsea and he wants to get better and he wants to be, he wants to play in the Prem, I think for his own personal development, there are only two teams that I think he should even consider if he wants to stay in the Prem. And Villa. it is Newcastle and Leeds. Oh, don't say Villa. God. <laughs> Josh, come on. <laughs> that, was, that was good. You got me. But yeah, no, yeah. it's Newcastle you know, Leeds, and Leeds. Leeds is a good shout. Yeah. If Leeds, I, I mean, partially ooh, it's like Je- Jesse Marsh wrote, wrote a uh, wrote a guest article for The Athletic. And he dear. was... He was salivating over Christian yes. Pulisic. I, I just want to give me give me in a room with him. Like it was very. It was like, all right, Jesse, calm down. Uh, so I think like you know he's he's a manager that is is I think wants to develop Pulisic, but Eddie Howe is a manager who wants to develop all of his players. Yeah. And I think if Pulisic buys into that, then I think he could be very good for Newcastle. I think he like the team plays with strengths. Like he is a guy, he's like Almiron with, with a touch. Like, I mean, he, he, um, he's, he's, he's a, a technically gifted player who is fine pressing. He can press. He puts his body on the line. He's going to give you a hundred percent work rate. If you give him yeah. the specific instructions, I think he could do well. Will it be I'll, 40 I'll million it. pounds? You know what I saw I from know, him, but I, what I saw from Pulisic that I did not see that I don't see from ASM, um, and here's to me the significant difference between the two, um, head down and head up, right? Yeah. So one plays with his head down and charges into space, um, creates his own gravity, draws fouls, but also gets hurt. Um, the other one plays with his head up, um, creates space with his movement, and can attack channels, but can also find a pass. And yeah. I think that that player, um, the one who can find a pass who can pick out um, off the ball movement from the corner of his eye, um, whose head is up and on a swivel. Uh, I think that is really what we need for the system. Uh, I think sometimes his play is less exciting than uh, the maximum, but um, ultimately we need a guy right now that uh, I think can alleviate pressure on the wings, can bring in a different, a different play style and that can connect the dots from midfield to, to the attacking three. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and uh, here's my, and the, this is the last thing I'll say on this, is if ASM buys into it, I think ASM, if he buys into what Eddie Howe is trying to do, if he really, like, and that's the thing, is it, it is all on ASM. And if he does not, like, so far, I just, I mean, again, 
we're we're on the outside looking in. Sure. So far, it doesn't seem as if ASM is going to be as bought in as a Miguel Amiron was, or as a Sean Longstaff is, or as a Jacob Murphy is of like, all right, this guy has a plan for me. And if I stick to this plan, I will improve in areas in which I was weak. Like I have watched Miguel Amiron for years. I have not once seen him take shots outside the box. Like he has been this season. He's unleashed. It's, it's some, but it is something that Eddie has mentioned. Oh Mm -hmm. yes. Like when people ask him, it's like, yeah, I mean, we've worked a lot with him on shooting and getting comfortable. Like he saw that's an area where you can improve. Let's work on it. And if ASM buys into that and says, Hey, you know, ASM, you're great in creating space for yourself. Let's work on what to do after you've beaten two guys off the dribble. Like, all right, maybe it's not time to dribble along the byline. Like that's when you play in the crosser. Maybe instead of like trying to absorb all this pressure, you can play, you know, the pass, you know, earlier instead of just waiting to absorb pressure. Like I think if he buys into it, you know, we'll see the best out of him. And, and, and ASM's had good moments for Newcastle under how, I mean, we've got a lot of recency bias, but so, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. All right. Um, so that's enough BS meter. Josh, uh, thoughts on uh, the BS meter. Dude, that was, that was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a packed one because it's been, it's been like three weeks. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff, but uh, usually I, I, we'll, we'll... I can smell some more stinky stuff coming down the road here. So, oh yeah. I'm about uh, to say yeah. January is going to be interesting. Oh. I I think I, I will say out of all of those, I, I think the most interesting one to me was the Pulisic one because it feels as if a, if Madison doesn't work out, this could be the, the, the other option. It's got legs. It's got legs. It, it, it definitely has legs. And I also think Chelsea will come down on the price because I think Pulisic's going to push for a move out. He's been, he's been doing all the things low key that would push for a move um, with, I don't know. Uh, you can read about the book that he's releasing uh, that where he, he completely shit talked Thomas Tuchel while page, Tuchel was page still one, page one, first sentence. I want out. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, mean, you know, and I, and I think his agent's pushing for a move. So I think he's pushing for a move. And he wants to stay in the prem and the, mm. there's no, we, we asked about him in the summer. Like there's no, it's no secret that there has been some conversations around him with Newcastle. So um, we'll see. Madison's an interesting one. We'll see if Lester lets him go. They're in 13th, but they look, they're starting to look like Lester again. So I don't know if they're going to let him go either. So Madison may not be as available as we think he is. Mm. Um, so, all right, uh, cool. Let's move on really quickly uh, to um, talk about next Tuesday's match against Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, just a, a couple to set the scene. Uh, this is League Cup, uh, right? Yes, League Cup. Uh-huh. Uh, Newcastle uh, won in penalties against Crystal Palace in one of the worst penalty shootouts. I mean, well, <laughs> like there were some bad ones at the World Cup too, but yeah, it was, it was bad. Um <laughs> And uh, it's an interesting one uh, for the most part. Actually, I think, yes, at this point, everyone who is a Newcastle player is on their way back to uh, to uh, to Newcastle. Um, that being said, uh, probably the bigger storylines, um, John Joe is back in the fold. He he started um, in the match against Al-Halal. Um, it actually looks like I could, you know, he, he's probably going to be – uh, inserted back into that midfield rotation, and like we alluded to earlier, I could I love that could guy. be that that number six he played in that quarterback role because yeah. Bruno's been good at it. He's he's three goals, two assists, or two goals, three assists, whatever it is, like good numbers, obviously. But um, 
it's just he he's so much better as an eight and just having a more advanced role. Um, the World Cup boys, uh, I doubt any of them are going to be realistically available. So you can kind of rule out Fabian Sherry. You can rule out, um, you know, I mean, you probably, you probably don't need to rule out Nick Pope. Um, but uh, you can rule out Callum Wilson because he probably is injured. Kieran Trippier played a lot for England. So you're probably going to rule. I think he's, he might have started. I think he started every match for England. Uh, so you can rule him out as well. Uh, so the World Cup boys are likely not going to be playing this. I would imagine we're going to do a little bit of rotation, um, even though Newcastle's next match isn't until uh, the following week. Um, and then Alexander Isak did not make the trip to Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't have a complete update on him at the moment. I'm sure as this week will be a, a better indicator as to like how healthy he is. But um, he was nursing a, I think I want to say thigh injury uh, that he picked up uh at, uh, during international duty, that's kept him out uh, for essentially the rest of the the uh, all the games leading up to the World Cup. Um, and so, you know, we'll see after this this friendly this weekend whether or not he's good to go. But that's probably the the biggest, you know, sort of will he won't will he will they won't they play uh, scenario. There is is Alexander Isak um, for Bournemouth. I mean. They had significantly less players going to the World Cup. I, I, I mean, like it's at this point, I think if they had players there, most of them are already back, um, and they're fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't really put anything like history I got a thing, yeah, for yeah. this. Yeah. yeah so if you if you things. have anything you want to you want to talk about, yeah, we can go ahead and talk. Yeah, about it. it was all winging here. Um, yeah. yeah. So they've got that. Uh, they've got that way. Uh, they've got that home match against Rio this weekend, and then they're going to play Tuesday at home versus Bournemouth. Um, now they're 14, Bournemouth, 14th in the league. They have not played a match. At least it's not listed since November 12th. Unlike us where we've got, we got, you know, we got out, got reps, got our players running. Um, oh, had- also recently bought Bournemouth by the Vegas, uh, Knights owner. Fun fact that happened today as we recorded this podcast. Oh, that final. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They finally announced it this morning. So they, good for them. The minority, minority group with uh, Michael B. Jordan. So shout out to black people in soccer. Um, I guess, kind of, in a way, in a way, yeah, we'll count it. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. American American ownership can be yeah, can be derided by yeah. some, uh, but I think it depends. If you look at Wrexham, American ownership can play a big part in the resurrection of the one of the oldest teams in the world. So, um, and also, uh, American owners will spend a shit ton of money because uh, let me tell you, in a cap league where you make money like NHL. Uh, um, I think that if you've got any excess and you have a different sports team, they're going to benefit uh, yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, let's see. They have not played since November 12th. Bournemouth play away to Chelsea. Now, this is critical. They play away to Chelsea in the league on the 27th. I don't know if the rail strike has um, impacted um, those dates, but uh, including their their 4-1 win over Everton. Well, let's see. They play away to Chelsea in the league on the 27th. Um, so including their 4-1 win over Everton and then a 3-0 win over Everton in the league. Um, so those were their two most recent games, right? They are um, a loss, a loss, a loss, and a draw. Their last win wasn't since October the 8th. We really, honestly, should have beat them way back in September. Um, yeah. And honestly, uh, new ownership, Um Really rocky record. If they lose to us in the cup, then they turn around. They lose to Chelsea on the weekend. 
Gary O'Neill hasn't won a game since October, and there's new ownership, and January's right around the corner. I, I don't know. I don't know if they keep him. I don't know if he keeps his job. And, you know, it would make sense yeah. for them to say, okay, well, that was nice. We still have a whole second half of the season to go. We've got new ownership, and we could spend a little bit of money. Uh, you know, I just uh, – Southampton, I think, is – or no, uh, Bour- Southampton. Bournemouth, Southampton. It's all South Coast stuff, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see them having trouble, so – I think uh, I think we get the win. I think we get the cup win. I'm not promising that it's pretty, but I think they're going to be honed in on their league match on Saturday, and I think a good cup run is on the books for Eddie Howe. So um, I think uh, I think we get that win. I want to run something by you. I know you talked about. Uh, I want to backtrack just for. A I don't. Second. Okay, I'll say this. Okay, because yeah. I go for it. I I don't. Th- there's no way they fired Gary O'Neill. He just started, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he because he, oh, so, well, yeah, they no. ju- so he was well, he was the interim, so in September, and then they yeah. yeah, but then but then they made him the the new head coach in at the end of November, right, right before the World Cup break. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I know. I'm on the website. They're saying I believe you. I believe. Yeah, but you. I but I just for, don't know. But I, for reasons, for you know, for reasons and and survival, just feels, if he's, he has not performed. But I guess yeah, they, I, mean, I guess they had well, that, that. Well, you got to. I'm about to say you got to remember where they were when he took over as interim. Like they were the bottom three, like yeah. firmly in the bottom three. Yeah. So I think it's like a resetting expectations because let's be real. I don't know if you can be that upset with Gary O'Neill if you lose to third place Newcastle in the cup and then fifth. What well, I guess Chelsea are in fifth or sixth. I don't even know. But a, you know, a big six team in Chelsea, like. You have to be a little bit realistic. Yeah, I understand an owner being impatient, but I don't know. But I, I, I will say it does look like because I wanted I only went to the site to confirm what you said about the the lack of friendlies, but I don't see anything about them having a friendly. Um, it seems like they've been in training, but um, they went to Dubai and uh, that that was cool. But I don't think I don't know if they oh yeah they did a Dubai stuff, and I don't think that they did any sort of like. Uh, pre you know uh friendlies in order to do any sort of tune-ups or anything for the team so it's an interesting one yep it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure yeah um so what do you think is going to happen is the real question Um, i yeah i think we get a i think we uh maybe lose a friendly on the weekend um just due to looking forward to this cup match um, the date change and the league match following that, which we'll get into next week on our preview for that. Um, mm-hmm. I think we lose to Rio because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And um, we get a cup win, um, a sloppy cup win, 2 1. Nothing yeah, that stands I, out. I think, it's nothing nothing yeah. that stands out. He just, it just kind of moves, moves the pieces, gets the job done. Yeah, it's going to be a rotated side. It's going to be like a Willick long staff uh i can actually probably tell you the 11 it's gonna be like uh botman and burn target <laughs> and like uh hot maybe javi Mankio, um nick pope and goal mm. shelby uh, uh shelby long staff and willick with joe linton on the left side maybe asm gets another chance but it, the the inter, the the interplay between joe linton and, and asm has been really good because i'm oh, sorry joe linton and uh and Willock has been pretty good because they actually both cover for each other. So, like, if one goes really far, for, they actually, like, whereas 
so far, uh, if you have Joel Linton playing in the midfield with ASM, like Joel Linton's constantly covering for ASM's lack of like defensive effort. So it becomes a little bit less, he becomes less of a threat in attack. Whereas with Joe, Joe Willick and Joel Linton, like they actually balance each other out really well, which is another just random nuance in the Eddie Howe system. Um, but Joel Linton's going to start and, uh, I'm, Mm, I don't know, Chris Wood up top and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe sure. Um, but yeah, I think that there's going to be some rotation in this, uh, this Rio game uh, for sure. Um, Chris Wood's yeah, final start for the club before his big, no, move. no, no, Chris, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, I think, I think at two, one, actually that that's what I was thinking in mind as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, again, uh, shout out to the board, the Bournemouth fans. Uh, Bill Foley is a good owner to have. I, uh, very deep pockets and he's got a he put he he did the right thing and put together a minority group as well so there's going to be a lot of money flowing in if they can stay up they could actually be around for a little bit um all right so uh josh you got any anything else to add no lovely stuff um you know i i think uh, it'll be fun as we head back into um fixtures um, it'll be fun to see these teams, um, get a run out and kind of follow the drama. As you can tell, I love watching the Bundesliga and the, uh, you know, uh, Liga. I kind of, you know, I keep track mm-hmm. on Syria. Ah, so watching, you know, going over these, these, the, uh, BS meter was fun. Cause I love, you know, yeah. kind of, I love sort of flexing a little bit. So it's great. Um, I will, I will leave you with this one. Does, uh, does the name, um, does the name Greg Odin. Does the name Greg Odin resonate with you? Do you know who Greg Odin is? Yes, I know who Greg Odin is. Come on. Uh, Greg Odin. Greg Odin was the number one, number one overall draft pick for the Portland Trailblazers back in what, 2007? Yes, big 07. Man. Big man. Big, big man. Um, Ohio State, uh, one and done guy there. I mean, Absolute he looked. Beast, seven feet tall. Looked yeah. like he was 34 when he was 18. Um my big fear is that Isaac is our Greg Odin. Um, you know, we bring this guy in and hurt right away and can't get out there and his hurt is hurt is hurt. <sighs> Fingers crossed. I'm wrong, man, but I've seen this tune sung before. And yeah, uh, I mean, we, we have like four Greg Odins. If that's the case, <laughs> the guy, that's what I'm like. That's that again. It goes back to that. ASM Isaac Wilson. Don't try to figure out how to play all three of them at the same time because they won't all three be available at the same time. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you, you can't you can't have nice things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope Isaac doesn't become that. Uh I, I I to be fair, I feel like this is like he was healthy, you know, before this. So I do think it was he had it he had a thigh knock and came back a little bit too early and Newcastle took the let's just let him rest during the World Cup like don't try to push it type of thing which is from the what I've move. read that's from the from what I've read and what Eddie said was like he was like we don't want Isak at the World we don't want not the World Cup we don't want Isak joining us for the training camp because we just want him to focus on just rehabbing the thigh and making sure or whatever the injury is rehabbing and making sure that he's just at 100% and I think I I again you know I should probably do way more like research into the specific stuff instead of just like trying to remember what I read Eddie Howe say but I I feel like he did say that like like that he he had a knock and just he he started playing again way too early for the national team um and that's where he felt like uh 
they went wrong. Uh, so I think he took a little bit of responsibility for this of like, Hey, we might've, we might've played him a little bit too much or, in, or not, you know, mm. all that kind of jazz. So we'll see. But uh, for, for now, that's been an episode of CHN radio. This has been your boy, Elijah Newsom. That's Josh away the lads. And uh, we love you guys. Make a few quick bob It's cold up there in summer It's like sitting inside a fridge But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll pray the dark, it's in James's Park If the gallery gets into the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had a top as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wedding I'll walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how weird I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how weird I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket The Gallagher's end